0: What's up with Radio Shack,
1: man? Remember, does never, anyone go to Radio Shack for anything? You know what I go there for? I, there's one product I go there for: uh, auxiliary cord for my car to play my iPhone. That go that cord goes out no matter where you buy it. About every eight months for me, and my, Radio Shack's the only one that has a blue cord. And I have a blue car, so I think it's cool to have a blue cord. So about every seven and a half months, I go to Radio Shack and I buy the same cord for eight dollars. And then I go home You're listening to Chord Chat <laughs> The only
0: podcast that tucks nothing but chords For an hour and a half Every day <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen Break out the fireworks I am Kent Garrison
2: I am Brian Gill And
1: I'm Richard Barton And
2: this is Mad About Movies da, 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 da,
1: da! You sound insane You realize that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Mad About Movies is your go-to movie podcast for everything concerning the world of cinema. Every week, we break down all the movie news, movie rumors, there it is, that's the word, and movie rumblings going around through this business we like to call the film business, and by the business, I, of course, mean the industry and after that we break down our movie of the week this week's movie of the week is oh disney pixar's monsters university
2: wazowski room 319 you know your roommate is a scaring major too (sighs) rj come here boy james b sullivan mike
0: wazowski well now that we've been
1: introduced we will give you plenty of spoiler alerts before we get in deep on Monsters university then at the end Of the episode, we will give you our weekly recommends. Kent, take us away. Take us away.
0: Thank you, Richard. Uh, That was great. That was a great opening. That that might be my favorite opening so far of the Mad About Movies podcast. I mean, that really, it really might be. Thank you. So, I'm glad we're starting on a good note. But, man, it's good to talk to you guys. Yeah. Man, it's been such a great summer for movies. Has it not? I think we're about midway through it. Maybe more, a little bit more than midway through it. Yeah, and it's been great, and we're going to talk about another big one today: Disney Pixar's Monsters University. Stoked about this one! I don't think we've really gotten into the the Pixar uh, Disney conversation yet on the podcast. We haven't really had much Pixar uh, commentary, so this will be good.
1: Yes, it will. I don't know. Were you looking for affirmation on that? Yeah, I don't, Bri- <laughs> I don't know where I don't
0: know where Brian here. went. But. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here.
1: It, it will be good. I hope. I mean, we're involved, it so be. it could. You know, you never know. Yeah, it probably won't, but, you know, there's always a chance.
0: That's the thing with these. There's always a chance it'll be good. Let's let's make this, you know, just like every other podcast we do, I guess, and get things started with a little bit of movie news. Brian, if you can, please, enlighten us with some movie news.
2: Uh, <laughs> Unprepared. Sorry. NBA Free Agency has completely taken <laughs> yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, like... That's all, usually, like, here's how I collect movie news, just to to let you inside, behind the curtain a bit. I I scroll through Twitter, and anything movie-related that strikes my interest, I just favorite it. And then whenever we get on to do this, I scroll through my favorites and find something. I'm looking at my favorites right now, and it's just, it's just an endless list of Dwight Howard-related articles, so. um,
0: I guess stay tuned to the end of the podcast for the Dwight Howard conversation.
2: Right,
1: uh, right, yeah. <laughs> so uh That's gonna I, be our joking. weekly my weekly re- recommend is going to be Tiago Splitter. <laughs> <laughs> I will recommend Omar sheet. <laughs> Feel we'll pretty good about that. Stay
0: tuned to the end of the episode for weekly recommends. But sure. for now, yeah. no movie news, Brian, cuz I, I got a few stuff, things. Dude, I got dude, I'm sorry. Richard, do you have yeah. anything?
1: Well, I'll I'll give us an update because I'm 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 uh, I'm hungry.
0: Okay. So I'm
1: thinking about Whataburger. Burger. And uh, I'm looking at worldwide growth so far of World War Z at 263 million. <laughs> so we're getting close.
2: Yeah, wow. it's got about 140 mil to go. I think <laughs> I'm going to lose. You're, you you were correct, sir. I'm sh- I want to say, we made that bet on the day that that first article came out that that, dibbed it, that that called World War Z potentially the biggest bust of all time. And usually, at least in the case of like John Carter, you saw one of those articles and then yeah. like, 20 more followed within a day, you know what yeah. I mean? So I uh, I took the risk. I bet at that time that, that that's what would follow and then everybody would jump on board for hating the movie and, and clearly I was wrong since we all actually liked it to begin with <laughs> like. and right. uh, and it's done pretty well. So, uh, you know, hey, if nothing else, we're going to give some business to Whataburger so maybe they'll throw us a sponsorship deal one of these days. I would love that.
1: Number two with cheese, mustard, and lettuce only—that's the official burger of Richard Barden.
2: Nice.
0: So, what's it on pace to do? Do we? know? Uh,
1: I think it'll hit three hundred pretty easy. It's at so two sixty so right means now. It's
0: still going to lose money.
1: Well, yeah, but that four hundred isn't. Is they
0: confirmed? don't
1: know if that's confirmed. They think it's somewhere between two fifty and four hundred. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, they've the sequel's coming anyway.
1: Exactly, so. and they'll make the sequel for much cheaper, and it will make as much money. So, yeah, yeah. I mean. They're mean, looking at
0: the, the movie itself probably cost probably 200 million you know what I mean but the stuff oh, yeah. they cut out is what cost a hundred million yeah. I mean they made they early really shot yeah. a hundred million dollar movie that they cut out completely hopefully right. we yeah. do get a director's cut I know we mentioned that on our World Wars the episode but I would really like to see what they cut out you know yeah even people, if it's awful like people I don't care. are
1: starting to say come out that it saw like early screenings of it and they say legitimately the worst movie of all time wow. is what it was so it, nice. it definitely As much as we rip on Lindelof, he saved that movie and like took it from an F minus to like a solid B plus, and that's really impressive.
0: That's true. That is impressive. Hats off to Lindelof. I know
1: that should be his new gig. Instead of like writing original movies, he should just like come in after test screenings and save bad movies. Yeah, that's the thing. thing. Like he could have saved White House Down he could have saved there's a variety right. of different things that he could have are, done
0: now, are, are we 100% sure he wasn't involved in White House now <laughs> I mean is, I he, involved, is, in is he involved like in like the Lone Ranger probably. at all well, I guess we'll I find don't out that
1: could be another one that one cost like 275 though. Just and they didn't I mean, even have to reshoot anything
2: yeah yeah you know.
1: But it's A, but it's almost three hours long, which is what people want in a Lone Ranger movie. And it's got <laughs> –
0: guys, it's got Johnny Depp with white face paint.
1: <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I'm not Really.
0: I've never seen Johnny Depp with white face paint, so I'm going to be there opening night.
1: Well, I mean I understand the budget on it because you have to – to get two huge stars – like Johnny Depp and the guy that played the Winklevoss twins. Um you gotta spend money, you know, if you're gonna get two big big And time Helena Bottom
2: Carter. I mean, she's not a package deal or anything, you know. <laughs> yeah. right. right. She's she actually free now that Johnny that uh, yeah. Tim
1: Burton's not involved. She's in she is in Johnny Depp's writer. Like he when he signs <laughs> on to a movie, it's like I want bottled water every day, I want brown MMs, and Helena Bottom Carter has to be involved.
2: <laughs> Only lime green Skittles instead of the green apple kind. Yes. Yeah.
1: Not, and hand rolled cigarettes. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I can I cannot tell. I've seen so many interviews with him the past couple of weeks because of Lone Ranger, uh Disney shoving it down our throats. Yeah. And like I cannot tell what he he's trying to do. Is he playing a character when he's in interviews? Do <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean?
1: He just does not. The, there's
0: no way that they're that, that's an actual human being, like talking yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, you know he has he was, this, like
0: you never get the sense that you're getting to know the guy when you're talking to him. You're just like,
1: I'm, all right, and I'm down with that. Like, I don't think we really know Leo DiCaprio, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like he's doing a carnival character. At the same time, yeah. I think Johnny Depp is impressively keeping the kerchief and scarf industry alive. He has like right. 85 scarves on. It's like yeah. how long is it, <laughs> you're trying Steven to play Tyler. this like yeah. down yeah. to earth guy, right? And you wear 80 scarves. Yeah, he's you always know, got
2: like, a sweet hat too. Yeah,
1: I don't get that. But, uh, the, you know, uh, I don't know what Depp's doing. I, I, We're in this weird age for him where he's making odd, but I just want to see him do a normal movie. He still has a lot of talent, and I worry that he's gone insane. But he has this weird trump card on every movie producer. Because, like, when he did Captain Jack Sparrow for the first time, and he, like, marched into the office as Captain Jack Sparrow and did the whole, you know, why is the rum gone thing, they were like, oh, no, you can't do this. And he stuck with it, to his credit, and it was one of the more iconic characters of the 2000s. But it gave him this weird pass now to do that with every movie. And so when any producer's like, hey, Johnny, uh, it's the eighth movie in a row. you put on a white face paint. He can say, well, you said that about Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs>
2: right. Right.
1: They loved me. Yeah. So it's just... Kind of, he needs a really big failure. I, I guess Dark Shadows was that failure, but I think Lone- I think The
0: Lone Ranger is going to do it. Yeah, I think it's going to be huge flop. I think it'll get like fourth place this weekend. I mean, there is so many movies out right now. I think yeah. Yeah. World War Z is still hot. Man of Steel is still really hot uh, in the yeah. theaters, yeah. and, and de- you know, Despicable Me is going to blow Despicable both, all Me all them out, and Monsters U are going to beat it. I yeah. think so.
1: Yeah, I think we'll, you're right. We'll, we'll
0: see next week. We'll, we'll do Real World Ranger. I'm sure that'll be a great one to talk
1: about. Though. Uh, By the looks of the reviews, don't want to see it, but I will. That'll just be because a great I love that. Yeah, yeah I love it. It. it'll
2: be it'll be a great podcast. Just so be ready for that next week, listeners. When we tear that apart. <laughs> but you know what? We that's say what's that, gonna happen. and just yeah.
1: so our listeners know, we don't go in. Yeah. We want to like like we were ready to tear World War Z apart. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Well,
1: I was ready to tear Wizard of Oz two apart, and unfortunately. We were uh, was, all ready to was,
0: tear Now You See Me apart, me. but Richard was defending it the whole time. <laughs> and so it was just it was just Brian and I talking about how bad now you see me is, right. and Richard just okay, pretty much off, I think you your direct quote don't... was best movie of all time. <laughs> yeah or, or greatest movie of all time. No, I said
1: greatest magician movie post um the Prestige the Prestige of all time.
0: It it is the best <laughs> best um <laughs> It's the best heist movie that involves magicians.
1: I guess. <laughs> That I've seen Maybe. this year yeah. that, that's come Dude, out this year. It's like it's like you know one of our movie icons, movie reviewing icons. Tony Kornheiser said about The Artist, it was the best silent film of 2011. I'll give it that. And yes. this was the best magician heist movie of 2013, and to that they should be very proud.
0: Great, they accomplished something. It's yeah. not easy. Yeah million of those come out every year so
1: yeah this uh, is why when we I've just realized we've gotten to a place as society creatively in our generation is so awful that like we sit here and we pine for something and we're like I just want something original I want a movie that's that inspires action figures not a movie inspired by action figures I want something that's not a sequel well here's one for you now you see me so yeah I'll take 85 Avengers movies if I can never see now you see me again <sighs> So no more original ideas, Hollywood. I want only sequels and remakes.
0: <laughs> that's true, I, and it does look better. I mean, yeah, ugh. To that's a whole other conversation that we've gone on a tangent here. But uh, yeah, World War Z looks like it might make its budget back. So, uh, but you in, unintentionally segued there, kind of, Richard. Okay. When you, uh, when you talked about Damon Lindelof,
1: yeah, um, I do all these things purposefully. I have a vision. I know. So. I know,
0: it's, it's, it's telepathically, yeah. you know, connected, you and I, I think. I'm a
1: broadcaster, you know, and that's what I do. Yep. I uh,
0: so, Wendelof so, um, got a lot of crap for uh, Prometheus, the original. Yeah. But it looks like we might get uh, saved here a little bit because Prometheus 2 has been greenlit and it, they've hired a writer for it. I, I'm not sure of the guy's name. One of you guys might have to look it up. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he hadn't written any other movies. Weird. So so we we do have a Prometheus sequel, and it's a little surprising. It didn't make as much money as people thought or expected that it would make. It it kind of got panned by some critics, but it got praised by a lot of people too. It was kind of one of those, I don't know, maybe a 50-50 kind of movie uh, last year. So Brian – yeah, I know you're a fan of Prometheus. Give me your thoughts I on uh,
2: pro, uh the news that Prometheus 2 is happening. I'm glad. I I love Prometheus. I, I it is one of the movies where I I totally understand why everybody did not like it. Um but there was enough there were enough good parts. There was enough groundwork laid that got me excited it, you know, it's one of those movies that that you watch it and you immediately think, well, the sequel is going to be way better. And so, you know, I, as a as a groundwork laying sort of film, I've got no problem with it. I love Fassbender. Um I liked, you know, I think the movie <sighs> opened a giant Pandora box of what could happen. And I liked about 60 percent of what was in there. So, um, you know, it's not great. I do think it gets better with multiple viewings and, and I have watched it two or three times um, and have, have enjoyed it. And so I'm, I'm, I would think that, I think I gave it a B plus when I saw it, I would guess, I would think, or I'd hope anyway, that a, a Prometheus sequel um, would be a, a movie that you could come out and say that is a, that's an A, that's a great piece of science fiction. Cause I think like all the parts were there and it just right. didn't quite come together the way that maybe it should have.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, if if all that Prometheus 2 does is give us explanation on what happened in Prometheus 1, it'll be good. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? If it doesn't set up sure. anything for Prometheus 3 or whatever, if it doesn't get even closer to, you know, the Alien movie. If it's right. just another standalone kind of film. Um, hopefully all it does is, you know... Explain a lot of stuff from Prometheus 1 or Prometheus, th- if it's even thing called Prometheus 2.
1: I like about the whole alien um, world and canon that they've set up is that it's neat that the people uh, years before had what we consider to be current uh, hair and, and makeup uh, styles, and then the people all those years later actually in human <laughs> style uh, regressed 25 years with weird hey. 80s hair. Hey, yeah. Fashion trends cycle, dude. That's the way it goes. So it's cool. It's cool <laughs> that their styles and technology uh, by and the technology, way. yeah, uh, in go in inverse order to ours.
0: <laughs> I don't. That is one pet peeve of mine about about science fiction. That's the whole Phantom Menace thing over all over again. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The technology was way superior to than regular Star Wars. It was like ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Prometheus 2, I'm really excited. I am actually really excited because I liked Prometheus. I was one of the few that stood up in the crowd and kind of defended Prometheus, and I think yeah. it had a lot of stuff to offer. Brian, like you said, I think all the parts were there, but uh, unfortunately, it didn't really meet its—I don't know—meet its mark. If that makes yeah. sense, it, well, I don't it's know been, if that's the just, phrase it, I'm looking for. But yeah,
2: they spent way too much time trying to make it. Hey, it's make it seem like it's not an alien prequel. And then it kind of is and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really work all, uh, you know, completely as not an alien prequel, but it doesn't completely work as an alien prequel the way that it's set up. And it's so, you know, I, but again, I, I think there is a lot to like about that movie and it is really uh, a very beautiful film as well. So, you know, I, I'd enjoy it. I enjoy it. I'd be interested definitely to see a, a sequel. So especially with Fastbender. Boss whatever.
0: Yeah, that's it. that's the people that we know is going to be involved. I guess is Mirapas and Fastbender, because right or Fastbender's head at least. Right, right. Uh, no spoiler alert there for Prometheus, but right.
1: Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you're probably never going to see it, so I don't care.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's exactly. been over a year. Spoiler alerts go away after a year, <laughs> I think. <laughs>
1: now, what are sure. you let me let me
0: ask you guys this? We'll wrap up, I guess, wrap up movie news, rumors, and rumblings with this uh, for today. But have we talked about the um Michael Bay Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot? Have we talked about it? I think we did once. Well, I think we a, talked a about back. it when when Megan Fox got cast. Yeah, uh, yeah, as as April O'Neil. So, let's talk about it right now. There's some casting news there. And um I want I want to know your thoughts Brian right now. Uh what are your thoughts on Ninja Turtles as a franchise and do you think Michael Bay could make it into something decent or no? Uh Teenage
2: Mutant Ninja Turtles, I'm older than you guys, so yeah. I don't know I don't know how cool Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was when you guys were were kids. Um for me, it as a kid, it goes 1 Star Wars 2 X-Men Three Ninja Turtles like I was obsessed with Ninja Turtles uh growing up and uh that's one of the the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie is one of the more memorable I guess moments of my movie going career to date uh so I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I know that it's they're ridiculous I watched the first the original movie recently and it's you know it's really really dated um but I I really enjoy the characters I think it's a it's a fun little set piece the way that they do everything um and i've always loved that universe so uh all that to say i'm not at all excited about a michael bay teenage mutant ninja turtles movie especially when there was all that uh hubbub about them being aliens um that was pretty ridiculous and frustrating but i'm looking at the cast right now and uh well I'm real excited about Whoopi Goldberg in a Teenage Union Turtles movie, <laughs> and even more excited about Saturday Night Live's Abby Elliott, the worst the worst Uh-oh. cast members they've had in 15 years. So um, I'm not excited about this movie at all. Let's put it that way,
1: Richard. Uh, I, you know, this is interesting to me. I was uh, I'm I'm younger than Brian, and I'm older than you, Kent. I'm the the. The middle child, or the, as I like to say, the Taylor Hansen of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, so I was obsessed. I, I remember my big deal as a kid is I could get like two Ninja Turtle toys a month. I watched all the cartoons. I watched all the movies. I was a really weird kid where I was a I was a kid uh, until I was about five or six years old, and I immediately became an adult as far as my interests. I literally went from Sesame Street and Ninja Turtles to, like, meet the press. And (laughs) um, and, and Curb your enthusiasm. I I mean, and this is not trying to make – I mean, I had no – and, like, I went immediately from that to sports and the news and SNL. And I had no, like, 6 to 13-year-old personality. I I immediately – I'm the exact same person I am now as I was when I was – I could host this podcast at 8 years old. And the only difference would be my voice would be higher. I've, 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 I, I, nothing
0: intellectually. Like I haven't. I, I,
1: <laughs> I, got it very quickly. I was a very bright kid and very adult, adult minded. And I've got, anyway, so that, the reason I say that is because I was obsessed with Ninja Turtles and, uh, something happened in my brain and I, I, remember the obsession. I don't remember anything about Ninja Turtles though. I, I mean, I remember obviously Leonardo, Michelangelo, um, Donatello and uh, Chad Kroger were the four great artists. Uh, you know, yes, come on. I deserve a laugh, Nickelback yeah. joke. Okay. Yeah. Anyway,
0: um, no, I wasn't joking. He is one of the great <laughs> artists. Yeah.
1: No, but in uh, Raphael, obviously, I remember that. I remember April, but I don't remember any of the uh, like origin or like really the I remember something about Crag and Shredder and then Super Shredder, uh, but that's it. And so uh, I don't really. I, I go into this with more of an open mind than you guys. I did see the uh, my friend John Mark. I remember drove into town from Abilene when we were in college, which is like two hours away from me, just so we could go see the new Ninja Turtles movie. Uh, <laughs> again, don't remember it at all. Couldn't name one scene from that movie. But I did see it opening night in theaters. Uh, so I go into this more of an open mind. I'll, I'll probably see it. But there w- there will be limited nostalgia, although I was once obsessed with Ninja Turtles. Can't what about you?
0: Um, my thoughts on this are I- – I'm with you all, man. I- I'm the youngest – but by not that much of this podcast. No. And um, man, it, when I was growing up, from, from ages probably two till seven, it was all Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Uh, that was my life. There's there's not a picture of me that exists between those <laughs> ages where I'm not wearing a Ninja Turtle shirt. I'm not exaggerating. They're, it's neon. They're all neon because it was the 90s. Right. Yeah. And they're all awesome. But... Um, after that, it was Power Rangers until I was, like, 12. It was from ages 8 to 12, it was Power Rangers. That, that, that dominated my life, and then I grew up like Richard. But I grew up a little bit later, I guess, when I went to middle school, high school. Anyway, uh, that being said, I, I I have seen all the Ninja Turtle stuff that has come out, and um, I really don't know if Michael Bay can do any harm to what is already out <laughs> there. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um I'm, I'm sad Megan Fox is involved, even though she's kind of turned a corner in her career. It seems like and has been doing some pretty good stuff lately. Uh, Will Arnett is involved, one of my favorites. Why? I don't what know. Is he? I don't know
2: what he's playing or what he's doing <laughs> But he is—he was one of the first people to be cast. Yeah, his character name is Vernon Finwick, and I'm not—I I don't know my my uh, Teenage Union Turtles mythology enough <laughs> to know. He was in the original series. The character was so okay. I don't know anything else beyond that. So. Um I'm assuming
0: it's a comedic role. I mean
1: Yeah. But maybe not. <laughs> maybe he can narrate an maybe
0: he'll just be like, and then done it. done yeah. low. Yep, maybe. That'll that couldn't hurt. Um but yeah, I don't think it I, I think it 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 can't be worse than what's already out there. That's my opinion. And I like I kinda wanna see what they do with the CGI now with the turtles so they can kind of do it correctly. Um me just don't know, but
1: I'm hundred percent on board with Megan Fox's April O'Neil. I think that's a great role for her to kind of reintroduce her into the like she was a just a pure looks person, which she still I think has gotten more attractive uh and then kind of has done some smaller movies and uh been interesting in a few things and now this kind of reintroduces her into the uh maybe try to reinvent her as a movie star female. Uh, I think that's a cool part. I don't, I don't, I mean, who else would play that? I don't care. I mean, it's not like, you know, Naomi Watts is going to be April O'Neil. So, I mean, right. I'm fine with that. Right. The, uh, um, yeah, it's
2: fine with me too. The
0: news yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to mention is that they've cast Shredder, uh, William Fitchner as Shredder, yeah. who is best known for the opening scene of The Dark Knight. I think that's the right. highlight of his career. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, shooting at the Joker in the opening scene of The Dark Knight. So, We'll have to see here. He's kind of an intimidating guy, I guess. Is he not? He is.
2: He is, and he he's a really good character actor that is like he gets really bad movies, and then has these parts where you're like, man, he's pretty good. Just, that wasn't so bad. Um, I don't think anybody knows his name. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, he's one of those guys. You I know? just but,
1: googled him and go, oh yeah, that guy's an everything. Yeah, that
2: guy, right? Uh, but I always I always feel like he's one that's like one of the one of the character actors that's like right on the verge of breaking out. But uh, it never quite happens for him, so I guess maybe the shredder, or he'll probably have his face covered up the entire movie. Well,
1: it worked for so, uh, it worked for WWE wrestler Kevin Nash, who, right? Who played Shudder. what movie was that in? Oh, okay, that, he was shredder. So okay. I mean, he's a superstar. And yeah. So uh,
2: I didn't just ask who he was. So, yeah. yeah, that's, that's great.
1: <laughs> Well, anything Okay. I, anything yeah. else? Anything else you guys want
0: to mention for movie news before we move on? No.
1: And we, I mean, we just we should apologize to the people that have sat through this. It, it it uh we are incredibly interesting and insightful people, but it is a pretty uh It's dry. Weak, it's dry, it's dry, dry season. There's a drought. It's, so, uh, you know, we're making do with uh, ninja turtles news and things like that and uh right. But we will, you know, this is where we break your news. So, uh, yeah. so don't think we're slacking. You are caught up. This is the news <laughs> right. of yeah. the time. Uh, next so.
2: week, if it's still this slow, this this time next week, we are just going to talk about Dwight Howard yeah. for the entire thirty <laughs> minutes of movie news. So, get ready for that. And by that point, Richard and I will will be very sad, probably, because we will have signed with Houston or
1: or stayed in LA, and we can just yeah, we know. are Dallas Mavericks fans, like yeah. like all podcasters. Uh, and so, no, I think uh, I think maybe after the holiday there'll be some big news. And, and like we yeah. said last week, we're going into spot, uh, we're going into Comic Con season. Yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, it's gonna get better movie news wise. I mean, it, but you know, if you just enjoy our dulcet tones talking Ninja right. Turtles and and other things, then then that's great too. All right, so should we go into our movie of the week, boys? Let's do it. Hey, what's up, man, fam? Kent here.
0: And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com mad. That's blueapron.com mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash That's ZipRecruiter. .com/mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Monster's you.
2: You don't think I'm scary.
0: You're not even in the same league with me. I'm going to scare circles around you this year.
2: You got to be kidding me. Oh,
0: scary! All right, let's talk about this movie, guys. Now, this is um, this is the first Pixar movie we've done on the show. I think we mentioned that uh, right at the beginning. Uh, man, man, Pixar has been very confusing as of late. I feel like ever since Disney kind of took over the reins, there the uh, things have been kind of shaky. And so, let's talk about Pixar right now, just as a company, Disney Pixar, and uh, our likes and dislikes about. Pixar's movies are some of our favorite movies, some of our least favorite movies in the Pixar uh, movie canon. How about that? So, sure. Uh, Brian, give me your thoughts about Pixar and tell me some of your, your uh, just general thoughts about uh, their movies and stuff. So go for it.
2: Sure. I, I think clear, obviously Pixar is the um, the best in the business at what they do. Uh, I don't think that that's even kind of up for debate. Um And the, I think Pixar, what I love about Pixar is that they, they proved to me as a, as a young teenager that, that, uh, that cartoons can, can still be, uh, valuable. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think that I, I think I was, I think I was 12 or 13 when Toy Story came out and right in that, that age range of, uh, where you, you know, the things that you liked as a kid are no longer cool or acceptable. Um, and then Toy Story comes out and it was like, okay, this is really, this is really awesome. And then Bugs Life followed that. And I really, I really like Bugs Life. I think that that's kind of like the, not really the black sheet, but it, it gets forgotten a lot. Uh, well, when, he, when, when
1: oh, the, the masterpiece that is Ants comes out. With
2: <laughs> right, right. Um, so yeah, every, I think every movie that they had done up until, Uh, 2011, I would say, was not necessarily the next, you know, the the new one was better than the one before, but they were always great, always up to a very high standard, standard. And, um, (laughs) and I enjoy, I enjoy all of them, uh, up to a point cars, I think is the one where people started to to feel like, "Mm, this isn't that great. I actually think that cars is really good at what it's at what it is. It's just not, Quite on par with Toy Story, Incredibles, Up, you know, Wally, all these movies. Cars two is where it, it it started to go downhill. Cars two is, I won't call it a bad movie because it's it's just a it's a kids movie. It's a, it's a really weak sequel that was geared towards people who are six years old rather than. One of the things that that Pixar has always been great at is making kids movies that appeal to everybody. And Cars Two certainly does not. Brave was just kind of okay. Um, or actually, I, I think Brave was good, but but it's a that it also is just a Disney movie. It's not really a, a Pixar quality movie. So um, so we've had two in a row that were kind of down. I uh, I don't think a lot of people were as excited about Monsters University as they might have been a few years ago just because it's like okay now we're now we've gotten three sequels in a row and uh I think I as as well as most most people would like to see them go back to making uh some original original films or at least you know throwing us every other one original versus uh versus sequel um but all that said uh Incredibles and the the Toy Story trilogy which i kind of compile into one movie are both i would say in my top 25 movies i I love the toy story movies and uh i think incredibles might be the best superhero movie outside of uh, nolan's dark knight universe so as strange as that may say and then i love wally i don't know if how you guys feel about that but I, i think wally is great and up if you've seen Up and you did not cry, um, you are a robot. So, uh, you know, I, I love everything that they do, minus Cars 2. And uh, I was excited to see Monsters University just because I, I really do like Monsters, Monsters, Inc., one of my favorite Pixar movies. Um, and so, yeah. Great.
0: Great thoughts. I want to I wanna echo some stuff that you said. Um, last year was kind of a weird year for animation. Yeah. Um there was kind of definitely an absence in uh the the fact that Pixar has def- definitely dominated uh the years probably 1995 to 2005 as mm-hmm. far as uh animated movies goes. There Disney really had nothing come out worth anything in that point. I think they did the Atlantis movie, uh Treasure Planet, like random stuff like that. Um so, so Disney. Disney made those, right? Yeah, Disney made those. Um, and, and Pixar was definitely dominating. So they, they kind of joined forces. I can't remember what year it was, but I know the first movie they announced when they joined forces was Toy Story 3. Right. Uh, which turned out to be, I think, the, the top-reviewed movie of that year, top-grossing movie of 2010, I believe, uh, when it came out. So that movie was great, but ever since then, it's been kind of shaky. Last year was was... Crazy in the fact that Pixar came out – Disney Pixar came out with um, Brave, which felt like a Disney movie. And yeah. uh, Disney came out with Wreck-It Ralph, which felt like a Pixar movie. Uh, so it was kind of a, a weird year and who's going to take over You know, the animation um, – you, you know, the animation crown, I guess, the royalty of, of who, who's going to make these billion-dollar films. I mean animation is so crazy. I mean – the, the the crappiest animated movies are always number one uh, on the weekends they come out. You know what I mean? The family-friendly right. animation. It's just such a big business. Uh, so it is disappointing that Pixar is not spending more time on original and, and good stuff. I mean, out of the stuff that they've come out with, uh, definitely I highlighted uh, The Incredibles, which, which I agree with you, Brian. It might be... I never thought about it that way as maybe one of the best superhero movies ever. Uh, definitely one of the best animated movies ever. Definitely um, mm-hmm. in my top two favorite Pixar movies. I would put up, way up there. No yeah. pun intended. Yeah. Uh, all three Toy Stories are in my top five. And I would put Monsters, Inc., the first sure. one, uh, definitely in there as well. Uh, stuff I really can't stand that they've come out with. I don't care for it all. Bug's Life. I really... Um, I really didn't care for that movie at all. I maybe liked Ants more. I'm going to go out and say it, guys. Okay. Ants might have been a better movie than Bugs Life. We haven't we haven't had an Ants, Ants podcast yet, but I think uh, the fans have spoken. Our Ants <laughs> episode will come out in a couple of weeks. <laughs> it By the does way, have, it does and, have Woody. And it does. They spell it with a Z, guys. I mean, because A-N-T-S. Nobody right. would have seen that movie. Right. A-N-T-Z, whole different ballgame.
2: Such a 90s thing to do. Exactly. Put a Z so on the end. So awesome. Um,
0: didn't care for Bugs Life at all. Um, really didn't like Finding Nemo. Um, I wasn't too big a fan. I, I thought it was kind of kiddie. I I see why people enjoyed it, but it wasn't wasn't my cup of tea. I guess um, Brave, same same way. Didn't really enjoy that. Ratatouille. Uh, that that one might grow on me a little bit um, because I see. I mean, it's definitely more for adults than kids. I feel like that movie is. Kind of old school Disney. You know what I mean? It's kind of like Lady and the Tramp or something like that. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, kids nowadays would never watch Lady and the Tramp. But uh, WALL-E, I agree, is awesome. I always forget about WALL-E when I'm thinking about Pixar. Um, it's such such an awesome movie. Andrew Stanton is awesome. Uh, I, don't, he, I forgive him for John Carter. You know, it wasn't his
2: fault. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: well, the, sorry. The funny thing about, about WALL-E is I, I feel like... You know, I, I said, Incredibles was one of the the best uh, superhero movies that we've ever had, and I don't think people really think of it that way because it is an animated movie and it's you know geared towards kids or whatever. I kind of think Wall-E is one of the best romantic comedies of the last ten or twenty years, and I, I think that's a with sh- so maybe that's it's lack of competition, but uh, the relationship between the two robots is is uh, is better than anything that you. You see in most of the the standard romantic comedies that that we get in a year, it's just kind of an interesting uh, way to look at that movie. That I don't, you know, necessarily. I certainly didn't expect that going in. Right, that
0: is a good way. Of, that's a funny way of looking at it. So, Richard, give me your thoughts on um, on Pixar in general.
1: Okay, uh, well, uh, I will I will be moderately uh, Deadpool's advocate here. A couple things. Uh, I think every film school – if I were running a film school and teaching a film class, not so much history or theory but more how to actually make a movie – how to write a movie, especially screenplay studies. I would only show Pixar movies because I think they understand story better than everything and they lead everything through story Um, and they don't let other lesser things drag the story down. They, they in fact – allow their story to drag their their lesser uh you know things that aren't as great about pixar movies the story oftentimes and their commitment to story uh really brings those you know hides those well uh so that being said and while i i am a huge admirer of all things pixar uh and you would think being 26 years old raised in the era of pixar uh i would be a huge fan and I'm not actually. And it's not that I'm not a fan. I really admire them. I just don't viscerally enjoy their stuff. Um, so, you know, I, like I said earlier, if you are listening to the earlier part of the podcast, you know, I was a, uh, I stopped, I was crazy in the cartoons and things and then stopped around 6, 7 which is right when Toy Story came out. I never saw Toy Story until I was like 17 years old. Uh, wow. Yeah. And so, and I, it's great and I've seen all three of them but they're wonderful but I I saw The Incredibles with my high school basketball team in the theater and uh, I loved it. I have not seen it since though. I've only seen The Incredibles one time. Uh, I've seen Nemo a couple times. It's fine. I love Wally, and I think that is to me the most artistic movie they made in terms of being completely original and inspired by really nothing. Uh, I love that movie and I I liked Ratatouille. Up is incredibly – uh, sweet and emotional, without being melodramatic or pandering. It's a really impressive.
0: I think it work. should have. I think it should have won Best Picture that year. I think. I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe the Hurt Locker won. Uh, yeah. Sure. So, but I thought Up was a masterpiece. I mean, so,
1: so Pixar's great, but I just don't have. it so I, I aesthetically and intellectually appreciate and enjoy them a great deal. I don't believe I have the emotional involvement as you two do. Which it makes me weird, not you. You guys weird. Yeah, and that makes me weird. Um, but you are dead inside. I am. That's, that's I have well no soul. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I find value in in you know MacGruber and Fast Six. So there's obviously <laughs> uh, there's obviously something wrong with me. Uh, I was beaten while while forced to watch uh, a Bug's Life as a kid. Uh, but no, I, and so uh, you know, in Monsters Inc, if you had asked me what my i I would probably my least favorite, only because I, I, I've seen it and don't think of it ever. Uh, and so I, I was but I, I do appreciate that it was good, and I like John Goodman and Billy Crystal. so I was you know I'm, I know we're not talking about this movie yet, but I was I was excited or intrigued to see where this would go. Oh, one more thing: I hate cars. I think cars yeah, is awful. I despise it. And so <laughs> really uh, even the first one, I despise yeah, it.: Yeah, I never saw the second it's one. It's offensive. Really but is. I don't like it, and uh, and I I know you make a valid argument for it, Brian, and you're probably right. Uh, but if I never have to see that movie again, I just remember sitting there and going, like, how long is this? Like, is I've been in here six and a half hours, right? I just remember thinking it was so long. Uh, it's so I there are some some misses on the uh, Pixar. I didn't see Brave. Uh, but, uh, it had no interest in that, but I'm sure it looked cool. And I, I the whole, but that's a princess. That's like a Disney princess movie dressed up as a Pixar movie, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just a, a way to sell dolls and I'm sure it's slightly better than Barbie Mariposa, but at the same time, not much as far yeah. as like, okay. So I didn't miss anything there, but, uh, anyway, I guess we'll get into our monsters. You talk, what do you guys, what do you think?
0: Um, Brian, go ahead. Give me your thoughts on, on monsters university
2: uh yeah you know i think it's a i think it's a step in the right direction um i think when we look back at the the pixar canon in another 10 or 20 or 30 years or whatever we'll we'll definitely say that that 2010 through 2013 was was a bit of a dry period um and but of those three movies it's it's Monsters You I think is is by far the best of the three. And of course, I'm I'm talking about Brave and and Cars too. Um, it's a I found it to be very uh, very cute and um, entertaining enough on on both levels that Pixar is known for the kid level and the adult level. I found it entertaining enough. It's certainly not uh, Toy Story or uh, The Incredibles or the first Monsters Inc., but uh, there was enough in there to not only to keep my interest, but to uh, provide entertainment for me. And I, uh, I really like these characters, and and I know Richard said that he wasn't that into to Monsters Inc., um, and I, I get that. I really, like, uh, I like like John Goodman and 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 Bill Billy Crystal the way that they work together. Their characters work together. I really like the ancillary characters in this, these movies, um, with Steve Buscemi's character and Nathan Fillion, and um, I just—I don't know—I re- I really dig the the, the Mike and, and Sully relationship and, and the way that they structure this film or these films. And uh, so, anyway, this is Monsters U is definitely more of a, a kid movie than it is an adult movie. Um, yes. So, so I really—I mean—I liked it. It's a it, to me, it's a it's a B plus, which is. Uh, certainly, uh, a lot better than Cars 2, and I think puts it puts Pixar moving forward in the right direction. Okay, cool. Uh, Richard, give me your thoughts on on Monsters U. However, however,
0: um, big those thoughts might be. I <laughs> no,
1: I will. I I can give some. I I I think I don't have a lot to say thematically about this movie. I mean, I think we all know what it, it sets out to do and it accomplishes it. I get. I, I'm with Brian. I give it a B plus. It's it's a really fun little movie. Um, that I will probably never think about again. But on a bigger level, uh, I think uh, what it means more for um, for where Pixar is going. Uh, you know, I think this will be the end of their sequel run, right? Do they are they making any more sequels? Seeing this, they're sh-
0: doing Finding Nemo too. That's right,
1: Finding Nemo. Okay, it's never mind. Finding then. Dory. So that's right. Yay. Yay. Um, uh But. Uh, so I guess that'll probably be the last of that, and then it's I would I'm interested to see kind of the launching off point of you know now we have you know Avengers 2.0 you know next round of Marvel I'd like to see kind of Pixar 2.0 uh, and, or yeah. 3.0 I guess really it would be I think they've had their 2.0 but uh, and see where they they go and you know even the animation on this movie to me looked. Um, while beautiful, a little bit aged. And I know they have to, yeah. they, that was purposeful. I mean, right, it's supposed to take place before Monsters Inc., but at the same time, still, even just like the style of the animation seemed, yeah, I, I think they're ready for, you know, everyone talks about what Steve Jobs' death impact had on Apple. I mean, people forget he was a, a, a guiding force uh on an executive level for Pixar too and and that's that's a loss that they have to deal with um obviously he wasn't writing the movies but he was saying yes and no to a lot of things um so you know it, it's is it will be interesting I think this is a crucial let's say two years for Pixar uh, whether they will be the definitive uh, production studio of the 2000s or uh, from you know, two thousand from two thousand and ten, the odds, or will they continue and 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 grow into something bigger that has a twenty five fifty year run? Uh, I think the next couple of years really have a, a lot to do with that. Where where will they go creatively? Where will these next generation of artists come from? So, uh, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see where it goes.
0: Yeah, I my thoughts on Monsters U is I really don't. I would put I would put this movie. Right alongside Cars 2. Uh, almost, as just kind of a why do why did we need this? Um, yeah. I mean i really liked Monsters Inc. But, yeah. But I don't wanna I, you know I love Wally, but I don't want Wally too. I yeah. I hope I hope Wally two never happens, you know? Um
1: So well, there's business concessions to be made, I think, when they well, totally. re urged with Disney this I'm sure these movies were announced shortly thereafter and I think we're you know, maybe that deal was contingent on. Well, we're going to need X amount of million dollars, and a way to guarantee that is, you know, Cars eight and uh, and Monsters Inc. two. I, I think you know I understand that. Um, not that Disney needs more money, <laughs> considering yeah. they have Pixar, Star Wars, and uh, Marvel, uh, the three biggest money makers in the world under one roof uh especially uh, merchandising wise right. uh but you know I get it I really do get it and and obviously in like this movie's fine like there's there's nothing wrong with it like we set off the air I was like, i this is gonna be a hard podcast for me because this movie's not bad, but there's really i mean what do you say about there's it?
0: nothing there's nothing that that was in this movie that I didn't get better in monsters Inc
1: yeah it's no, all that's... the
0: same gags a lot of the yeah. times I mean Absolutely. they are recycling a lot of the same jokes Um, it's it's a lot of obvious stuff. I mean, I agree with you. It does look dated. I I was watching this movie and I was like, I really felt like I was watching a movie that had already come out 10 years ago that I had never seen. Do you know what I mean?
1: It's it's funny when you and I went and saw Iron Man three, they did the trailer for this movie. Uh And, uh, because of something going on with the projector or 3d conversion, they accidentally showed it instead of in letterbox. They showed it in like old school TV framing. Do you remember that? Yeah, I don't know if you even noticed yeah. it, but I noticed it. it was very square looking. And that's really fitting for this movie. Like that's it looks like a movie you're going to watch on ABC Family in five years on your TV. Right. It, it 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 feels like it was made in 1996 and it feels like a good movie made in 1996 uh, when we were talking about the Justin Timberlake album that came out this year, I said it's it's annoying because it sounds like the best album of 2007, which would be really cool in 2007, but it's it's 2013 now, and uh, and that's how I felt about this. Like, if you're gonna make a Monsters Inc. sequel, make it three years later. Don't make it 15 years later because <laughs> yeah. it's just I, you know, I, I I'm I'm bothered by that. I, I feel the same way about Independence Day too. Awesome, I'm on board for Independence Day too. If it was 1999, but it's 2013, it's gonna be 2015 by the time that comes out, and no one who cares, right? Uh, and so uh, I don't get. I, I, people need really to understand there's a window for these things. If you miss the window, you know, TS brother, I mean that you know you can get money elsewhere, but uh, uh, I, I don't know. But You know, like I said, it's it's not a bad movie. It's a solid B. You know, if you had kids, it's great. Uh, but there's just nothing, int- nothing interesting happens in this movie. I'll put it that way.
0: Um, there's a, there's, um, I, I feel like this movie definitely tried too hard, uh, a lot to be sentimental. Yeah. And you might, you might agree with me on that and you might not Richard, but, um, it definitely, I mean, it had like three different endings. Do sure. you know what I mean? Did you feel that way?
1: Yeah. That's like, you know, it there, just wouldn't
0: end. It felt like, like a-
1: like i said there's danger in um you know i was talking about how 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 pixar should be studied in, in film schools for story and that's true on one it's on one end but it also you run danger of becoming uh formulaic or becoming uh you know that becoming a formula this you know humor plus sentimentality equals pixar type thing uh and this movie on the sentimental side did not feel um, authentic. And honestly, this is unpopular. <clears throat> Excuse me. As as sentimental as Up and uh, Toy Story 2 are, I thought Toy Story 3 was just – absolutely used that as currency. I thought it knew how sentimental it was. and And I get it. It's about growing up and throwing your toys away. But I just thought that was just unbelievably sentimental – and very precious, and uh-huh. uh, and uh, kind of a good movie, but that part really annoyed me. And uh, the sentimental, uh, the sentimental side definitely uh, on this was was even worse than Toy Story. I think you're right; they definitely pigeonholed that in. There's but-
0: some the themes in this movie is crazy. It's like, um, I don't know, like rejection from society and your peers rejecting you, <clears throat> and right. plus like cheating on stuff, and then like. Sure. Overarching corporate agendas that you have to follow, and right. the pursuit of like the American dream of this is what you have to do: grow up, go to college, get this job, you know, do this thing. It, it was, but it felt like so kiddie. Yeah, I mean, this movie was way more kiddie than I was than I wanted and expected. You know what I mean? I I feel like Monsters Inc. was more adult humor than than kid humor, and I, I think Up was that way too, and that's why Up is such a success and Wally. I mean, WALL-E for a kid,
1: it's got to yeah, be those. Yeah, Wally
0: f- is not a kid's movie. Yeah, kid movie. I, I a, mean, kid's, it has to, kids have to be so bored out of their minds watching Wally. You know? It's I, like I will, 2001 A Space Odyssey for eight year olds. You know, it does, there's no dialogue in the yeah. first half of the movie.
1: so um. I will say, I, I'm with you on Up and I'm with you on, on Wally. I think the humor wise is, is similar to Monsters Inc., it's just that it's the same humor from 1998 exact or whatever that same was made. Exact jokes, and twice. And so that yeah. scene, what was adult-friendly in 1998 is probably going to be kids' humor now. That's just the way society works, especially yeah. on the humor side. You know, humor yeah, evolves true. and changes. And so I don't think it's any more Kitty the Monsters, Inc. I rewatched Monsters, Inc. the other day on TV for about 30 minutes and was like, kind of like, wow, I, I thought this was a lot better than this. But, you know, you have to keep in mind, you know, you can pick apart most movies that... A lot of time has passed, just because you know people humor changes and gets better, arguably, or or whatever Our tastes change, and uh, and absolutely. But uh, no, you're right. This did feel. I mean, this is a kids movie, uh, and that's fine. It's a good one. I, I, if I had kids, I'd be all over taking them to this is something I want them to watch. It indoctrinates them into the American way of going to college and charging up tons of student loans and getting a job. I mean, that nothing's more American than that. Uh, but, uh, no, but it's, you know, it's, it's a cool movie and it's morally understandable and, uh, relates well to, you know, a kid's sensibility, but you know, it's nothing anyone over the age of 11 is going to think about after you leave the movie. I mean, I'm struggling thinking about it and and trying to elicit any themes out of it are, is impossible, right? It's just, you're just, it's fine. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. I wish we hadn't picked this. We should have done uh you know, the heat or something, but that's okay.
0: No, I don't I don't think I could sit through the heat. <laughs> honestly. No offense to Mrs. McCarthy
1: and Mrs. Bullock, because they're lovely women. They are. I don't, I, I don't think, think Miss McCarthy is very funny. Controversial opinion alert. I yeah. loved her on Gilmore Girls in sort of a more dr- dramatic, comedic role. I think she's a very good actress. But I find this whole way people it, she's funny in Bridesmaid, but to me, she's like the fourth funniest person. And I just think the way they use her, and and she has part in it, but it's almost gross to me in that it's like watch the chubby girl fall down a lot. And I find that to be offensive. Yeah, I feel bad
0: for laughing at her jokes a lot of the time.
1: And it's like it seems to me like she's doing a Chris Farley impression, like she's just doing a female Chris Farley impression. And I just don't think it's funny. And I, it bothers me because I think she's above it. Like if she was just Joe Schmell, I wouldn't care. Like, hey, get your money, go on. But like she's a pretty talented person. And like if you go back and watch Bridesmaids, she got an Academy Award nomination for that movie. <laughs> for just being – yeah. literally being Tommy for, Boy. For and the line – It, was, it was the
0: line – I don't even know which in that came out of. Yeah. That was the <laughs> like, line that got her an Academy Award nomination.
1: And so, it's literally, just, the truth. <laughs> and I watched her. Everyone's like the best SNL host of all time. And she literally did a sketch where she just fell down downstairs repeatedly. Yeah. And I, 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 I feel old. Like, I don't get it. And like I said, I loved her. Uh, you know, I've, I've, had, I've watched Gilmore Girls, I'll admit to that. And she's great on that. And I think she has a future being in more dramatic roles. I think she's talented. And Sandra Bullock's obviously talented. But this character she keeps playing over and over again is not funny. And I'm the only one that thinks that apparently, but it kind yeah. of makes me uncomfortable to watch her. And I think it's kind of a sexist thing to uh put the you know, put the big girl and make her fall down and use foul language. That gets old to me really quickly. Sorry, side sidebar from Monsters University. Cooper. What's up, dude? Welcome to the podcast. <sighs> we lost him. We
0: lost Cooper. Like you know. He was trying to chime in on the Melissa McCarthy <laughs> chat. Uh I don't. I know he's got strong feelings about it as well. One more thing I wanted to mention. I wanted yeah. to mention one more thing about Monsters You. Um, I just felt like the character design in this movie was very lacking. Sure. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Every character looked the exact same to yes. me. There was. T- it was just an abundance of just crap they're throwing at you, yeah. the yeah. entire time. And and even the poster of the movie. Like when I left, I looked at it. It was like literally like. Um, James Sullivan and Mike Wazowski, the two main characters, and then like 50 characters behind them on the poster. Like they were just throwing crap at you. I mean there's one character. Oh, you mean he's got one eye and a tentacle? There's one design. And this guy's got two eyes and four tentacles. There's There's another design. Do you know what I mean?
1: I wish I could have been in on that meeting.
0: Like, there was no creativity used in any of the characters. Like, I know they're trying to keep it consistent. Like, oh, in this world, this is how the monsters look. But then James Sullivan is like a, a bear, pretty much. Like There's no... It needs to be more random than they, than they made it. Do you know what I mean? Like, there like was no they, variety to any of the monsters at the
1: university. They had a wheel that had a big exterior <laughs> wheel that had tentacles and an interior wheel that had eyes, and they spun it. And however those two matched up, that's how they drew it. That's what I like to think.
0: <laughs> that, that's the only explanation. Three eyes,
1: seven tentacles, guys. All right, artists, get to work. Um,
0: but I, I'll give it, I guess, a B. I mean, I think you guys gave it a B plus. Anything else y'all want to mention
2: before we do weekly recommends? No. All right, let's do it. Uh, Brian Gill, weekly recommend. This week, I'm going to recommend a specific episode of another podcast, uh, the Rich Eisen podcast uh, through the NFL Network. This last week, he interviewed uh, Brian Banks, who is a former high school football. Just superstar who was uh, accused and ended up having to plead guilty through some ridiculousness with the justice system.
1: To follow up, he was uh, wrongly accused of, of rape uh, and uh, to follow up on Brian's Recommend. He was wrongly accused of rape until he w- – would, and uh, he, he ended up pleading guilty due to some crazy technicalities. And then he uh, – his accuser w- was then yeah. –
2: Came out of the blue to like friend request him on Facebook, and uh, through through that he was able to get her to, uh, to forward with the, the real details of their case, kind of through some ridiculous means. It's a fascinating story. It kind of made I was walking my dog listening to it. It kind of made me cry at a couple of points. I mean, it's just a, a a heartbreaking but very uplifting story at the same time. So, Rich Eisen podcast the, the Brian Banks interview from this last week. Great, thanks for the weekly recommend, Brian. Uh, Richard Barden, weekly recommend
1: actually recommend another podcast as well. And uh this is a community here. And so uh we we're not competitive. Uh I'm going to recommend the uh, Hollywood Prospectus episode from last week. Uh really great talk about Mad Men and Jesus, which we have talked about both of those on this podcast between uh, uh Andy Greenberg and uh Chuck Klosterman, Uh and it's a, it's really an excellent. Chuck Klosterman has always incredible reviews. Uh, and and ideas of of different things. I think he's the dominant culture critic of our generation and uh, I think uh, to hear him talk about a show I love Mad Men for an hour was about as much fun as I've had this week and I have a lot of fun. Ken, what is your weekly recommend?
0: Yeah, I want to recommend Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. I I know you haven't gotten into Game of Thrones. I don't think you've seen any episodes.
1: I don't like the woods.
0: Uh, You don't like the woods. I know Brian has seen uh, Game of Thrones and he's a fan Uh, but I want to recommend it. I've been watching it uh, a couple episodes a day right, for the past week or so. I'm uh, midway, about midway through season two right now. I'm really enjoying uh, getting to, getting into it. It's really a complicated show. I mean it's definitely
1: oh, yeah. it's a like lot a of thousand. drama.
0: It's just all drama. It's just all dialogue.
1: And it's, uh, there's like a thousand characters, right?
0: Oh, yeah. And there's different kingdoms and families and all this. I mean it's so complicated. But it's I think
1: I would like intense. it more than Lord of the Rings.
0: Oh, you totally would. It's definitely uh, there's a lot less magic involved than, than Lord of the Rings, and a lot less woods. So,
1: I mean, <laughs> that's good. And, I do, and I and a lot more nudity. I've been told. So those are you know less woods and more nudity are, are two. I mean, I have that tattooed on my back. Yeah, <laughs> that's my that's my mantra.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, but definitely check out Richard. Definitely check out Game of Thrones. It's on HBO Go. I need to mention that uh, on the show um hbo go is a great little service if you have hbo you can watch it on your cell phone and ipad and all that good stuff uh so check out hbo go watch game of thrones richard get into it it's the summer okay. uh you got i think they're off i think they just finished season three so you got some time to catch up before uh season four comes out i guess so uh but brian gill let me ask you this sir yes. where can i find
2: you online you can find me on Twitter at Begill12, and you can find my writing at CanBabiesDrinkRedBull.com.
1: You can find me at RichardBarden.com or on Twitter at RichardBarden.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. You can find the show on the internet at MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com. Uh, you can give us a review on iTunes, and we'll shout you out on the show. So go ahead and do that. Until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Oh, my God! This old and empty house. So hold my hand, I'll walk with you, my dear. The stairs creak as you sleep, it's keeping me awake. It's the house telling you to close your eyes.
1: And some days I can't even dress myself, it's killing me. What are you thinking about this Dwight situation?
2: Uh I just Richard and I have been talking about it pretty uh uh pretty frequently, and I feel like I think what I want is I don't want him, but I want him to go elsewhere and suck. <laughs> like that's the that's the thing. Like, it's just he's such a diva and such a pain in the balls, and I on every level I don't want to deal with him, but the worst thing that could happen is take two weeks to decide to sign somewhere else and then be just a dominating ridiculous force. Like I'll want to hang myself on a daily basis if that happens. So
1: yeah, Richard. Uh, yeah, the same. I, 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 you know, I will learn to root for him. I suppose uh, it'll be difficult. I, I may have to take a Mavericks hiatus if he's here. I, I really dislike him a great deal. And, and the stories I've heard from this free agency saga have have done nothing to uh, cement that feeling. Uh, wait, so wait, we're talking about Dwight Schrute, right? <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Schrute Farms. I was <laughs> talking, I was talking Yoakum, but um, King of all Dwights. <laughs> yeah. Yoakum. I can do the Chris Bizarre, Chris Broussard thing, and uh, refer to him as D. White. Yeah. <laughs> now, D. White Howard is uh um no I just want him to go away uh yeah. and I want this to end. I did you see the thing that just came across about Dirk? No, no. Brian, get, get ready to be pissed off. I, I'm always ready to be pissed off, Richard. So they that's they my asked, secret. They asked Dirk how the beating went. Right? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, I don't know. I wasn't there. And they go, that's you, what, yeah. you weren't there. And they go, you just sat in the c- corner. And he goes, yeah. It's like, thanks, Dirk. Appreciate it. <laughs> Can you and Cuban at some point just show up for something together?
2: Yeah. I take it as a joke when I when I saw him say that. But okay. Regardless. Did you see the video of them coming out of the, the meeting? No. Uh Donnie refused to talk. I mean, they were like in the parking garage, you know. Donnie refused to talk and Cuban kept asking him questions and he just goes, It was fun. And then Dirk said, I I wasn't there, you know. But Donny, Donny, and uh, and Cubes both did not look super super enthused. So yeah. either they have great poker faces, or or they're on
1: the phone trying to convince Diego Splitter that we'll give him more money right now, or something like that. that. Or they realize that he does like us, and he's probably going to sign here, and they're not. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! It's
2: just—it is a lose-lose situation in so many ways. Yeah. Like, I mean, no. you don't want to be the team that loses out on him, and then he turns out to be awesome. But if you get him and he sucks, man, what a what a circus he's going to put you through for the next four years. Just ugh, ugh. And I love that he's—I'm t- going to take a few days, go on vacation, get out of LA. It's his loss his. if
0: he goes to Houston.
2: That's sure. He has true. to live in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see Dallas PD today tweeted something like just said something about <laughs> uh, how much safer Dallas is than Houston. Like, nice. <laughs> way less gun fatalities involved. <laughs> it's true though. It is true. Straight Houston's up. awful. What's in it? So they got that.
1: the Clippers got Jared Dudley and Redick.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and got rid of Butler too in the deal. Like Weird. Butler went pretty, to the Suns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's happy. Pretty, pretty solid move for them. That that made them pretty deep. That's pretty pretty good. Now mm-hmm. we're gonna get nobody again. <laughs> it's gonna be
0: the year again where we get nobody. And we're just it's it's so it, funny. We're I going to sign some veteran just because yeah. he's a big name. Oh, Richard Carter, Mastex I've heard of him. Like
2: every day with uh with Richard and Tobin just constantly. And Richard is like the Uber <laughs> pessimist. This is this is gonna crash and burn, we're gonna suck. Dirk's never gonna <laughs> be back in the playoffs.
1: Who's ready and, for the Andrew Bynum era? Hi, right.
2: and, and Tobin is just constantly in the I, like, I don't know how many tweets I've, or texts I've gotten in the last couple of days that, that literally just read, that read something like, I think this means we're getting Dwight. Like, every single one. So,
0: Well, he he has said that he wants to come to Dallas, though, for a long time. It's I mean, it's been years now where he's trying to get to Dallas, it seems like.
1: I understand. Do you know what I mean? Don't you feel that way? Well, I would feel confident. I really would. I would feel confident if we had anything to put around him. Uh, but yeah. as constituted, our roster... What rosters... if we pull off Dwight Howard and Rajon Rondo? Yeah, I just don't see how we do that. Yeah. Richard's pants would explode. He would yeah. never be
0: able
2: to wear pants again.
1: I think I... we
0: do a sign and trade for Rondo and sign Dwight Howard trade? as a free agent. Who do we trade? Everything. Everyone but Dirk. Okay, but we they... trade. We trade want... Marion, Okay. Uh, Vince okay. Carter, okay. all our old people, all right. you know?
1: If if you can get the if you get can get the Celtics to agree to that I'm I I'm I'm with you but I don't think Sean Marion and Vince Carter is is gonna swing where John Rondo
0: it, dude the Celtics have been giving their team away Literally but team Rondo
1: away. is is 26 and not thousand years old like the other two there's there's and, and his contract is reasonable I I don't know I think it's it, we're either gonna get Rondo
0: or Dwight. Okay. Do you think you think you're going to get neither? Where is
1: Rondo going to go? I am going to I am going to I'm all over Rondo. Anywhere Rondo goes, I go.
0: That's a literal that's a literal statement.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what was
0: what was that? Were you playing coins? I think Me? No. Yeah. I,
2: yeah, I am. I'm 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 spinning a coin on the desk that I'm at. I don't have a TV in this room. Usually I can watch TV and do the podcast at the same time. So my ADD (laughs) is going off, that I don't have two things to pay attention to (laughs) while we're
1: doing it.